Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to this, I was about to say, special edition of Morning Devotion. But indeed, each and every morning, it is special because you are here and you make it, you make it special. You're the ones that come each and every morning and say, this is a day that we're going to gather together, encourage one another in the Lord, and see some great things happen. What what an amazing, amazing devotion we have, the pendulum effect from pain to praise and back. Oh, what a day. What a day we have for you. We welcome each of you, all of you, as you circle in here. Thank you for making this a special time during pandemic season, during the difficult days we're in. Thank you. You're here, and I appreciate you being here, encouraging one another in the Lord. Follow the page, share the page, like the page, loop as many as possible in these last few weeks of the year into this devotion. So we're here. We're here celebrating what all God has done this Thursday morning, and thank you. Thank you for being a part. I um, I want to thank those who got out yesterday and worshiped freely and just stepped outside of your comfort zone, saw so many of the pictures and posts. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for celebrating 400 years of religious freedom yesterday here in the United States. I speak to you today from a place of, how can I say this, of dissatisfaction. Yeah. We once sang a song, I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied, said it'd be my comfort. Yeah, okay, I'm dating myself. I'm dating myself. Yeah, we sang that. In some ways, I am satisfied, but I sense a dissatisfaction. I'm content, but I'm discontented. I'm okay, but in another sense, I'm not okay. And I think that's how we all feel during this year. But I'm on a quest to know God and to see God do what I know he longs to do. I'm on a quest of removing any and all obstacles in his path and of aligning my own life, my thoughts, my desires to be in his perfect plan. Simply put, I want to see an awakening. I want to open my heart's door and let God do what only he can do. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. But back to that dissatisfaction. It started many years ago, though, with me, a nagging dissatisfaction with many of the modern books that I picked up. Still read a lot of them, but the distilled essence of some of those books only amount to a very few precious drops of what passes for wisdom. My search led me back a ways to the writings of the mid to late 1800s when the holiness movement was sweeping the country. Years ago, I would visit used bookshops all across America to find these books, and I would search and search until I found them. Now it's so much easier. Not only can the books be found on antiquarian sites, but many of the books are digitally available as well. Back then, the authors did something that's very difficult to do today. They exercised the fine art of contemplation. They studied life, and they studied the spiritual life. It was then that I stumbled upon the works of a minister named Daniel Steele, who was a first scholar of the holiness movement. And one of his books is comprised of just half-hour studies on the writings of the Apostle Paul. 
And uh, I spent months just going through these short chapters, thinking about them, praying over them. And one of them, Steele made an observation that I think is so powerful about the spiritual life of the Apostle Paul. I noted it moved on, but I'm circling back to it today, if you'll let me in this morning devotion, because it resonates like a bell in my spirit. I mean, it's like one of those things, if you ever see a car you like and you want to buy it, you see that car everywhere. This truth has just permeated my soul the last few weeks, and I just see it everywhere I go, over and over in my own personal life. And I hope you're going to find this the same. So I, I think it must mean that I need to share this with you or Maybe someone you know needs to hear this. So wrap them into this, share it with them, and let's just see what God can do in this moment and this hour. So here's, here's the thought. Steele noted something about the writings of the Apostle Paul. Paul had a sanctified habit. If he started out talking about prayer, he would end up talking about praise. If the great apostle started talking about praise, he would end up talking about prayer, that prayer led Paul to praise and praise led Paul to prayer. Is that beautiful? That is a beautiful, it's sort of a pendulum of sorts. And I want to talk to you about it today, that sweeping pendulum evidence in Paul's life, and maybe it would be in yours as well. Philippians 1 is an example of this because Writing from that prison cell, he wrote to the church in Philippi, and he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine. Yeah, I thank my God. So he starts out with praise, and then he goes into the next verse in prayer. I thank God always in every prayer. A praise moves to a prayer. It's a pendulum effect, a swinging effect. In Philippians 1 as well, Paul said, I pray that your love will overflow more and more than a couple of verses later, for this will bring much glory and praise. I pray it brings praise. A prayer moves to praise. This is what Steele noticed, that Paul's faith, his remarkable faith in God, operated on a pendulum basis. That pendulum would swing from prayer to praise and praise to prayer. But what started the pendulum moving? In Paul's life, it began with pain. Yeah, that moment that can drive some to despair, some to give up, some to fight back, some to throw in the towel, some to get angry, wage war. But Paul, when pain struck, it started a spiritual pendulum moving. That pain led to prayer. And then it swung back to praise. The pain moved the pendulum. And notice the, notice the process. Pain moves to prayer. It moves to praise. The pain. What motivated Paul to pray? In the book on prayer, we talk a lot about prayer, but what was the motivation in Paul's life? I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. I wish we could say that we pray because we love coming to the garden alone and communing with the Savior. That was the, my delight that I tried to share in the book of prayer. But more often than we care to admit, our conversations with God began with the pain. What starts us to moving? What gets the pendulum moving in the divine direction is pain. 
Paul's prayer began with a thorn in the flesh. Daniel prayed in the lion's den. Esther prayed when she heard her people would be destroyed and her own life was in jeopardy. A problem is the introduction. Hear me carefully. Your problem is the introduction to a new spiritual cycle. Pain is the indication. Hear me. Hear me carefully. Pain is the indication that you are entering into a new spiritual journey. When you and I hurt, it's a sign that a pendulum has begun to swing. We avoid pain. We don't like pain. Dr. Paul Wilson Brown teamed up with Phil Yancey to write several amazing books, fearfully, wonderfully made in his image. It was Dr. Brand uh, was raised by missionary parents in Tamil Nadu, India, and had a remarkable experience. His parents ministered to lepers. He would go to the UK for an education training, return with his wife to minister to Christian hospital in the same area where his parents had ministered so many years. He was a hand surgeon who developed the nerve and tendon transfer techniques in leprosy patients. He was the first who understood and appreciated that Hansen's disease, or leprosy, did not cause people to lose flesh. It caused them to lose feeling. And when they lost feeling, the flesh was damaged and eventually lost. Pain, according to Brand, is a remarkable gift. It's a gift that lets you know something is amiss, something's wrong, a journey has begun, and then something needs to be done. Pain, then, is the motivator and initiator for change. Maybe we need to know that in our day. The pandemic has been a pain point. The trouble we're experiencing, a pain point. It's designed to move us and embark us on a new spiritual journey, to propel us into a new arena and dimension of God, to carry us beyond the present into the future. That's what pain does. It gets the pendulum moving. You see it time and time again. Manasseh with a thorn in his jaw was in pain. He cried out to God. In normal situations, you'd never found carnal Manasseh praying. But when the pain got so great, he cried out to God. This is a problem for people. They hurt, but they don't hurt enough to change. They experience pain, but they have a high pain threshold and decide, I can put up this with this. I can I can medicate this. I can anesthetize this. I can endure this. And it doesn't get the pendulum of change moving. A new spiritual journey takes place. Paul had much pain. You read about his encounters, beaten, uh, disappointed by everybody, left in the deep, left for dead, in perils and danger in the city and the countryside. But he permitted pain to move him toward the Lord. When the pendulum moves, it needs to move to prayer. If the spiritual cycle is allowed to continue, we're going to let pain move us to prayer. Oh, praise God. Does this minister to you? It does me. That every pain I experience in life is designed for me to pray because prayer emanates from somebody with a problem. They're called the pendulum psalm, Psalm 10 and 11. Listen to David at the open of Psalm 10. Lord, why are you standing so far away? Why are you hiding in times of trouble? That's pain. Pain moves to prayer. It's not always pretty. Your prayers may not sound poetic. Can I, can I tell you that most pretty prayers 
are petty and most eloquent prayers are powerless because when a person sighs and cries out to God, it may not be pretty, but it's an indication the pendulum is moving in a God-ordained path uh, that the process is going forward. I love an expression in Zechariah 1. It speaks of forwarding the affliction. It's a negative connotation, but I've just sort of adopted that phrase. An affliction can move the pendulum forward to God. The person with faith and allows that faith to have their perfect work in their life, they are forwarding the affliction to God. I love what Malcolm Muggeridge, that BBC broadcaster of the previous century, I love what he said. Contrary to what might be expected, Muggeridge said, I look back on experiences that at times in my life seemed especially desolating and painful. But now I look back with particular satisfaction. Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I've learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that's truly enhanced and enlightened my experience has been through affliction and not through happiness. Forward the affliction to God. One songwriter wrote, if I'd never known the problem, I'd never know that he could solve them. The, The problem, yeah. The problem is an answered prayer in disguise, that that pain is a miracle in masquerade, that my problem may not make sense, but it's the pretense for the impossible. Pain produces prayer, but the pendulum doesn't stop there. Spurgeon said that prayer has a yoke fellow, and the yoke fellow of prayer is praise. From pain to prayer to praise, that is the pendulum. The pendulum hasn't completed the swing until it gets to praise that on the other side of pain, on the other side of prayer, there should be a praise that emanates from your life that as the arc of the pendulum completes, we praise. I told you that the first pendulum psalm, Psalm 10, began with, Lord, where are you? The second pendulum psalm, Psalm 11, starts this way, in the Lord. I put my trust from questioning God to a confident boast in God. That's where the pendulum will take you. Great pain, great prayer, great praise. Little pain, little prayer, little praise. Show me the people in church that don't praise much, and I'll tell you, I'll show you the people that are not hurting enough and not praying enough. Because when you're hurting enough and praying enough, you're going to be praising enough. Oh, praise God. Can I get a witness to that? Therefore, we're going to go through the trials that test us. Oh, yes, we will. They're going to push us to the edge. But we're going to find God is more powerful than we ever believed. We're going to find his love to be beyond imagination, that we're walking by faith, not by sight. If it always made sense. If we always waited until the coast is clear and we have everything sorted out, figured out, and we wouldn't make much headway. But Solomon's song said, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on our beloved? It's in the wilderness that you're going to learn to lean on God. It's in the pain that you're going to learn prayer and you put your trust in him. Do you know that praise is faith in action? Yeah, I I got lost in this subject. I got lost in this subject many years ago, and I, and I finally just had to put it down because I got sick of hearing myself talk about it. 
But I notice, I notice that the power of praise and faith worked hand in hand. You show me a person with great faith, and I'm going to show you a great worshiper. You show me a great worshiper, and I'm going to show you somebody that has tremendous faith. So maybe what we ought to do is just go ahead and start praising him. Brother Gurley, I don't have the faith to believe God for this. Well, then start praising God. Praise God with all of your heart, because that praise will lead you to great faith. Praise is what says, I know, I know, I know, I know my Redeemer lives. That's why Paul could see so much of God. That's why so much was revealed to him. He knew the pendulum effect, the spiritual cycle, the spiritual journey, that each and every pain, each and every circumstance was God approved, God designed to bring him to another level. Maybe it wasn't God's will that he was thrown in jail. Maybe it wasn't God's will that he was stoned. I'm sure it wasn't. But God said, I can take this stoning. I can take this pain and work it for your gain. If you will take this pain and let the pendulum start moving toward God and let your prayers start being heard, don't fixate. Don't focus. Well, we do this. Don't fixate and focus on the hurt or who hurt you. Let pain produce its work. Let pain lead you to build an altar of prayer that you begin to look to the suffering one. As you suffer, look to the one who suffered and the one that can lead you above and beyond. And when your prayer is heard, soon you get that confidence and you begin to praise him. And when you your ears begins to he- hear shouts of hallelujah coming from your mouth. You know, the pendulum has reached the end of its arc. And yes, it may start back the other direction. It may go back and forth. But you and I determine the length of its cycle. We can hasten this cycle and process, or we can slow it down. The Bible says that God could have led his people from Egypt to the promised land, it was an 11-day journey, 11 casual days of walking, but they stretched it into 40 years. That pendulum took 40 years, and many didn't make the trip. Some get so lost in the pain, some get so paralyzed in the present that they drag this moment out, that that pendulum swings so very so. Uh, so let me just give you an example. Let's say there's some besetting sin God's trying to work out of our lives. He allows pain to enter our lives. Those who just keep denying it, denying, point fingers at others, try to put on masks, live hypocritical lives. They're just dragging the cycle out. But those who said, yep, that's me. I blew it. God help me. The pendulum starts flowing and it's, it flows so very fast. They're hastening the cycle. You can't stop pain from coming, but you can determine how long that pain stays in your life. Take that pain, put it in the crucible of prayer and allow it to turn into praise. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I, 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 I've, I've heard some people pray. Okay, Brother Gurley, I'm going to pray. I, I, I don't know how to say this. So. Oh, my. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, my. This is a YouTube moment, what I'm about to do. Some people, some people use prayer 
as a personal pity party. In other words, prayer is an end to itself. It's a primal scream therapy session where they howl and they cry, but they never move in faith toward God. The pendulum's not flowing. It's stationary. Some people, as strange as it sounds, may even get lost in their praise. They want to stay in the happy zone all the time. They want to dance their way through life. But on the other side of praise comes another swing of the pendulum. Remember the pendulum effect. When pain hits, go to the Lord in prayer. It will end in praise. You'll be hurt again. Move into praise and to prayer again. In fact, there can be multiple pendulums swinging in your life at this very moment. You can be operating on so many different planes in a relationship, on the job, at home, with friends, even with your enemies. But you hold the answer in your hands. If you're hurting, pray. If you're praying, start praising and watch dissatisfaction become satisfaction and watch God perform great miracles in your life. That is the pendulum effect. And I just believe, I believe in November of 2020, this is something that you and I need to hear. May God be with you. Leave your prayer requests out the side. Share this with someone else. And let's get the pendulum effect moving in our life. God is doing great things in our midst. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord go with you. Share one with another. Let's pray one for another in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.